Kate. This is Scott. And I'm Jim. And we are going through the AFI's Top 10 Top 10 Special, and we are on the last list. And what an epic list it is. Yes. They, they, they decided epic was a genre, and that genre is characterized by large-scale films set in a cinematic interpretation of the past. Which so, is to say, we got Vegas. Life of Brian. <laughs> Life of Brian. <laughs> well, except that's British. But British is acceptable when the Sometimes. AFI feels like it. <laughs> uh, Bastards. Fuck. And again, yet another Vegas fuck genre. Mostly, uh, I mean, we could we could say period piece. To a point. To a point. But I mean, like period piece. Like, okay, what you really want is period piece with a cast of thousands. Yeah. And half this list doesn't even, like, m- doesn't manage that second one. It's period piece with a cast. Yeah. And, I mean, you could do a large time scale, but that time scale has to mean something, which leads us into number 10, which takes place over 40 years, except only a handful of those years matter. It's <laughs> Act 2, when all a the... A lot cr- of it is walking. A lot of it is walking, and and the soundtrack is good for the walking, because I think this and The Lord of the Rings and Lawrence of Arabia really cemented that if you're going to have characters walking a lot, you you got to do the soundtrack. Yeah. Like, there's a movie called Jeremy, which has no soundtrack, and the characters do a lot of walking, and it doesn't work. It's like a seven-minute shot of two guys named Jeremy walking, and they're... The footsteps sync up, and that's the only sound is the foley for footsteps. So you just start, you know, using the beat to sing your own songs. Well, that's the thing. I walk a lot. I walk everywhere. I don't drive. 90% of the time, I have a set of earbuds in my ears listening to music. We also actually haven't given the title yet. This is Ten Commandments, folks. Yes, sorry. Ten, the Ten Commandments. Well, yeah. Having a soundtrack for your walking, especially when it's a lot of walking away from Egypt. Yeah. So seriously, the poster, I look at this poster and I'm like, old Chuck Heston versus Yul Brenner. This is this is the easiest fight I'm ever going to call. Yeah. The greatest event in motion picture history. Now, as much as I'll normally rip on something like that, this film has really stood the test of time. Yeah. I mean, you know, as... Like, as much as I'm like, you know, epic is a word that means nothing in our society. Well, it means purple. It means purple. Yeah. This movie is pretty damn big. Well, I would go so far as to call this an epic for the span, the scope, everything that it takes in. There's a lot of people in this movie. A lot of people, a lot of time, major events. This is big. Like, this is, this is an epic even in the context of, like, a Homer-class epic. I'm okay with that. But here's the question. Is it better than The History of World of the World Part 1 by Mel Brooks? Well, no. Because that movie covers thousands of years and millions of people. Billions yep. of people. I wouldn't even... Well, I might put it at about a tie for Life of Brian. <laughs> oh, yeah. Life of Brian, it, it, you know, I'm almost surprised that it isn't like they didn't come out, somehow create a tie where the Ten Commandments and uh, the Zeffirelli Jesus movie were also, were, were, were together. But then again, the Zeffirelli Jesus movie is uh, Italian, I suppose. Yeah. 
So if you, have, you go see the Ten Commandments and do a shot every time they say Moses two or three times in a row, because they do that a lot. His, his... Yo, you better hope that wherever you're, ser- wherever you're doing this has a hospital next door. Yes, because as far as I can tell, his full name might be Moses, Moses, Moses. Cause, That's... Cause that back... would be tragic. Well, that seems to be what Ann Baxter keeps calling him. Maybe she's got a stutter. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe she's got a real specific stutter. Maybe she's Hodor. Maybe. All right. So, uh, yeah. No. Um. No. Num- number nine is red. I don't know. It. It's about the Russian Revolution. Warren Beatty did it. So. Yeah. Yeah. But at the same time, I'm like, this is not better than the life of Brian. No. This is not better than the history of the world part one. It's not better than Torah, Torah, Torah. I'll I'll give it credit where it's due. I mean, the interviews and the work they put into it. Yeah. It's fair. I mean, there are a lot of things like, you know, people put a lot of work into life of Brian. Maybe. (laughs) I don't know. They did. They also burned up a lot of the budgets. They burned a lot of the budget. Hell, it got five of the the five of them to agree to be in the same place again. That's a lot of work. Yeah. So yeah, there's there's that. But that's really all we got on Reds. So now yeah. now we've got Saving Private Ryan. Ah, I don't get why it's this. Good. It, it's good, but at the same time, I'm like flags of our fathers, letters of, from Iwo Jima. Torah, Torah, Torah. Yeah. There are World War II movies that are just as big. You know, in fact, bigger, because this movie really isn't about World War II. It's not an, about an event that... I mean, okay, the opening act is Omaha Beach, and the yeah. rest is about a bridge and a guy named Ryan. And that is very small. I mean, there are bigger... There's... What the hell's it called? The movie based on Market Garden. Yeah. One sec. Because yeah, a bridge too far. Okay, yeah, a, a bridge over the list. A bridge over the river, river Kwai, for that matter. Yeah, and that was I was crossing the two over, and I was trying to remember which one was which. This is it. They're bigger films. <laughs> Deal with bigger events. Why? Why is this one the one that's on here? I, mean, I liked it well enough. But no, I don't get how it beat out bigger, better movies. Yeah, and this is the only thing we get from World War Two, which, which is, is kind weird. of weird when you consider the fact that usually they have a big hard on for going. Hey, look, we kicked ass in the Second World War. Next, next, uh, all quiet on the Western Front. So this is World War One, a movie, a war that gets ignored by movies. Well, I think you don't get to play the big hero as often in World War One, and that's why World War One tied up. Like World War One did not have that big cataclysmic. Oh man, the raids and the bombs and ah, like it didn't go out with a bang the same way World War Two did. No, but no, but yeah, no. This I think this got this got on for the book almost. I'm pretty much guaranteeing it. I mean, not not to say that the movie is bad at all, but you know what? The the movie is just much better. 
the book. Uh, uh, the book is much much better than the movie. Yeah. Well, yeah. And this is well, another British movie. Yeah. So we come back to, what the fuck, guys? What the fuck? Life of Brian, better than All's Quiet on the Western Front. Moving yep. on. Ah, oh. oh, Jesus. Titanic. Ugh. What? Yeah. Epic romantic disaster film. I think it was okay. a romantic disaster. Okay. First, I now respect Leonardo DiCaprio. Now. Now. It it took it took years. Yes. It took his portrayal in The Departed. Yeah. For me to to reconsider my ire for this man because his portrayal in The Departed is amazing. Mhm. I mean, then you spiral out from there. You get his work with Scorsese. You get, you know, his work with Tarantino. You get... The, the man is a great actor, and I very much am appreciating the skill he is bringing down now. But at the same time, this is the movie that made me disrespect James Cameron. Yup. Well, this is... If memory serves, the first time I saw this, and Billy Zane's in this, first off. <laughs> I, I love that, because this is Billy Zane out of nowhere. I love it when Billy, Billy Zane, Zane is always out things. of nowhere. This is Billy Zane. He he walks in, he does his thing. Yeah, but he's got a gun with a clip, and it pissed me off because I was pretty sure those didn't exist during that period. And I obsessed over that. Like this movie is not an epic. It's a boat. It's bullshit revisionist history. There is a generation of idiots who thinks this is real, or think that it mattered in the context yeah. of what was real. Yeah, and also, because I, I love seeing the pictures online for this, he, he freezes to death in the end. He yeah. freezes and drowns and dies, and oh my god, isn't it fucking tragic? And it's all because Rose is a bitch and is hogging the piece of wood because it can easily fit two people. Yeah. I hate this movie. This is a dumb movie. Yep. I have, I have seen this movie once in my life. I will never make that mistake again, even with Billy Zane being in it, and the fact that I like it when Billy Zane just shows up and things. <laughs> Yeah. Let's move on. Yeah. So Spartacus. I'm Spartacus. I am Spartacus. This is why this movie will be known. <laughs> it, you know what? All the other scenes are pretty good, too. But at the yes, end of the no, day, it's... Yes, Spartacus is a fantastic movie. But at the end of the day, it's kind of also, no, I am Spartacus. <laughs> this was Gladiator before Gladiator was Gladiator. And it gladiated better than Gladiator. Yup. It's great everything. Like, it's Kubrick, it's Kirk Douglas, it's got Laurence Olivier. It's a fantastic movie. Yeah, and no, apparently it... it was the biggest moneymaker in Universal Studios history until Airport. Wow. No one remembers Airport anymore. Given that I glanced at that and thought it said Airplane. Well, and that's it, is Airplane killed disaster movies. I wish it had kept them dead. Maybe they should have also made a boat movie instead of Airplane 2. Yeah. Yeah. No, no. Spartac Actually, hell, they could have turned Airplane 2 into a boat movie. Just crash the plane at the beginning of the film and go from there. Yeah. All right. So, Pull so, a fucking Irwin Allen. Anyway. So the next thing up on the list is Gone with the Wind, which is about a very large scale of time, but really only about two people. Yeah. Frankly, Scott... I don't give a damn. I don't give a damn. It's a good movie, but, I don't know, epic? Again, the use of this word. It just... Let's see, I'm going to see what wiki defines. 
is a style of filmmaking with large-scale sweeping scope and spectacle, often transporting the viewer to other settings. That makes it a film, jackass! Yeah. Like, Lord of the... Star Wars is an epic. Yes. Star Wars is listed under the page! Where the fuck is Star Wars? Hell, you know what? I would take Braveheart. That had a lot of guys in it. Fuck. No, I'm sorry. Like, your vague use of epic... No. No, this is worse than mystery. But Definitely Gone worse than fantasy. All of my rage. Live-action characters inhabit imagined settings. You mean fiction? Yes. Uh, but okay, right. no, Gone with the Wind. Good film. Done. Done. <laughs> All right, so next up is Schindler's List, which is about a guy over not really even all that long a period of time. It is a good movie, but it is, it is heavy shit. Oh my god, it's draining. Like, it is, it is, if you've never seen it, you need to see it, and not in the, I'm going to sit down and have myself a fun old afternoon watching movies, it is, you are going to sit down and you are going to feel part of yourself get dragged into the floor. Yeah. Like, it is a heavy, heavy movie, mostly because it sits there and goes, hey, guess what? This shit basically went down. Mm -hmm. This is almost real. This is, there's, you know... Artistic license taken here and there. Oh, by the way, here's a little girl in a red coat. Great film, great cast. I really think Spielberg drove home the message that he was trying to drive home. Like, I'm fine with this being on this list. I still don't really think it facilitates the epic, but just the sheer force of this movie is enough to me. All right. So next up is Ben-Hur. Now this... This is epic. Yes, it is. This is an epic film. It is an anachronistic film, as I like to rip on it, because I love that wristwatch. Well, yeah, come on. And hey, it's Heston again. Hey, well that's... Honestly, I'm pretty sure it was Heston once said that he was born in the wrong time. But in many regards, Heston was born in the wrong damn time. (laughs) Like, Chuck Heston would have been very much suited to growing up in the biblical period, I think, given how often he plays characters from it. Yes. No, it's and damn good. It is damn good, and someone is stupid enough to remake it. What? What? It is, what? It's the guy who did... It's the people who did the Bible miniseries. Paramount Pictures and MGM announced that they will co-produce Ben-Hur with Mark Burnett and Roma Downey, who also made the recent miniseries The Bible. The film is set to release February 2016. I hate you people. What is wrong with you people? There is nothing that is not watchable about Ben-Hur right now. Except the no. wristwatch. That, we can fix no. that. You leave that in at this point. Like, at this point, the wristwatch has earned its place in cinematic history. This this is the movie I use to yell at people when they complain about widescreen presentation. <laughs> like, no, seriously, I would sit them down with the widescreen cut of Ben-Hur and be like, okay, this is the chariot sequence. If this, if this was the whole picture as you put it, angry old man, you wouldn't see that horse at <laughs> all. The chariot just pulls itself. It's magic. <coughs> Nope. Nope. This, again, totally merits the epic. Totally fine for its use. Holy crap! Used a million feet of film 
that is obscene. That merits the term epic anyway. Yeah. Like. <sighs> Alright, so the next thing up on the list of epic is Lawrence of Arabia. And again, perfectly fine with the use of epic in this case. Because we are dealing with a massive event, we are dealing with a massive scope, large breadth of people. And T.E. Lawrence is just bigger than anything, man. Yeah. Kind of screwed up, but he was an enormous presence during this period, and just in general. Plus, great cast. It's great cast. At some point, the plan was for Olivier to play Prince Faisal and Guinness to play Lawrence, and that sounds equally agreeable. I would watch it. I would watch it without issue at all. And speaking of epic music and walking, here you go. Not better than, not worse than Life of Brian. Deserves to be on the list. (laughs) That's, that is our metric. Would Life of Brian be considered a superior film? Yes, then why are you here? Yeah. And yeah, no, this, I'm perfectly fine with this even being the top of the list. Oh no, perfect. You got a 4K digital restore? How would that even work? They they shot it on seventy millimeter. That's true. You could you could sit down and shoot it. You you could go back to the negatives, shoot them in four K, and have something beautiful. It is the only argument I would make for owning a four K television. Yeah. So there you go. Epic. Yeah. If, if for some reason you haven't seen this, you you need to correct that. Yeah. This needs to be watched. If you haven't seen Life of Brian, fix that too. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Because otherwise, Epic is just purple. Yep. And that's the last of the list, so... Oh, thank God. Tune in to other things. Bye. I'm sure we'll have other shit to rant about. We always do. Yep. Thank you all for listening. I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, I thought they smelled bad. On the outside. I Thought They Smelled Bad on the Outside is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial Sharealike International 3.0 license. Visit sbopodcast.com for more shows, contact information, and show notes. Thank you.